All right, folks, welcome to another fun-filled episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoot Magoo. We have our August release day round roundup or you know release review extravaganza and i am excited to talk about all these because i feel like i say this every month but we have a diverse crop of releases and i mean that in terms of genres as well as my thoughts about them so i am looking forward to this very much there are some completely new artists to me at least that i've never heard of before this year and then some artists that we're checking in on for uh, the first time in a while in one case, so I am very much excited for it. Uh, well, one of them, yeah, no, one of the one I was familiar with, but the, the one that I had no idea, yeah, there's one of them where I, it came out of nowhere and I was just like, what the, what the hell? Uh, in, in a good way, but yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would assume at this point you do. Um, but it is not our first pick we are going to talk about, and it is the new Wolves in the Throne Room album, Primordial Arcana, which is, is pretty much a quintessential Wolves in the Throne Room type title. Um, and this is their first album. I, I was under the impression they went on a hiatus, but I don't really, I mean, at least based on their discography, I don't, I mean, functionally they didn't because there was only a three year gap between celestite and then thrice woven which came out in 2017 obviously i mean if you're not aware of, of wolves in the throne room they're you know one of the one of the the pioneers of or, or they helped put american black metal on the map you know the whole cascadian black metal that you know really big contributions to atmospheric black metal post black metal just you know they kind of paved the way for like a new wave of bands. Uh, I mean, they weren't necessarily the first. You know, there's bands like Weakling that came out a little bit before them, but they certainly, it's the whole who did it first but who, and who did it, maybe not best, but, you know, like who who did it most notably. So I think they, you know, Diadem of 12 Stars, my personal favorite, Two Hunters. I think Black Cascade is underrated. And I really got into them around the time of Celestial Lineage, which I really enjoyed. Uh, and I kind of lost touch with them with Celestite. Which is interesting because I think I remember Fantano really liking it, and I got where they were going, what they were going for with it. But it was it's kind of like a dark ambient, accompanying like you know sister album to Celestial Lineage, and just I it, it was okay. I haven't listened to it in a while, so maybe now it, w- it would click with me more. But at the time, I was like, yeah, this is okay. And then Thrice Woven, I thought was like capital O, capital K, okay. Like it was just very much. It felt like them just doing very by the numbers black metal, and it was not bad by any means, but just uh, it just it did not wow me in any significant way, unfortunately. Um, but what, what what's your relationship with the band? Uh, Black Cascade.
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, 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 and I, I will say not to, I mean, like, not to deviate too much or call him out too much, but I feel like in some cases he's pretty, like not just my opinion, like he's empirically been shown to be a little bit out of his skis. Like he he criticized the latest Ulcerate album for have, being too compressed and like the drums having drum triggers. And the actual drummer from the band commented on the video and said, yeah, that's like actually not true. Like, sorry. Um, which is a little... Yeah. And it's sorry to cut you off again, but just something I've noticed about this album is they have been noticeably more active, like on social media and just in, like they were notoriously reclusive. You know, like they like recorded stuff like on a farm in Washington, but for this release, for whatever reason, like even on like Facebook, everything. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Like not like necessarily bad, but just it's, it's noticeable that suddenly they're you know like they're replying to comments on Facebook. It's just it's very interesting. I, <laughs> oh man. Uh, but any, anyway, sorry to interject.
Yeah, it's it's weird because it's it's almost like an oxymoron because I mean this is oversimplifying it, but doom, slow, death, fast. So it kind of guess meets somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I Tim to me, oddly enough, the band that this reminded me of, and I should have, I think this clicked for me today, you know, I was doing my final listen, so sorry for not being better prepared, but uh, this almost reminded me of uh, Botanist, and of course, Botanist is really notable because they don't use guitars, they use, you know, Hammer Dulcimer, and I, they, just the way that they produced the guitars really gave me that vibe, but I, I mean, I don't think... I don't think that was the case on this release. And, and, you know, just glancing right now while I'm trying to talk, I don't see that either. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I could see that. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed this more than, um, I'm forgetting the name of their last album, which is not Thrice Woven. That's not a great sign. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this more. I think the, honestly, the, the Doom elements that were being hyped up pre-release, I think don't really manifest necessarily on the Doom side, but a lot of like Funeral Doom is, is really, it leans heavily on like the dark ambient, like there's kind of like the, the spoopy, you know, kind of, you know, dark elements that, you know, accompany the, the metal. And I heard that a lot, you know, I definitely, I liked, yeah, I, I liked the more natural, like it reminded me, it brought me back to Two Hunters, you know, Two Hunters opens with, you know, some field recordings of like a night, you know, night scene, you know, crickets stripping, whatever. So I liked, Yeah, I, I. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think everything here. It's hard to, or it's hard for me to me to criticize. I mean, I think that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. No, no, I, I, I definitely, I think that everything that they try to do on this album, they do, they do well, or at least they, they do it, do it in a way that I'm like, oh, okay, like I feel like they're back on track. I feel like it was more engaging to me than thrice woven. Um, I just couldn't help but feel. It just didn't hit me the same because I think while I appreciate the incorporation of those other elements, when I tried to like, when I, I, you know, I, I like that. Okay, great. And then when I tried to hone in on the black metal itself, it was still just kind of, okay. You know, I felt like the way that they, you know, the, the riffs and the way they, they flowed into more, you know, like ritualistic and like, you know, shoegazy and like those kind of themes on especially Two Hunters, but even on Celestial Lineage, one of their relatively more recent projects, I just feel like it was more compelling there. Um, so glad to, glad to see that they're going somewhat in the right direction, at least, or at least in, more in the direction of something I would be really interested in. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, it's it's good to see progress. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't I didn't think Thrice Woven was terrible. It just was it was the most like even Black Black Cascade was a pretty straightforward like in their discography it was very much you know thrash and bash or at least as much as they get you know that level of, of black metal. Um, but even then, it's still like the chord progressions that with like a little bit more emotional heft to them. Just felt a little. It just it, it conjured a. It conjured a vibe. Like, I think that's what I've always gone to Wolves in the Throne Room for, is they conjure a certain, you know, woodland, dru druid, druidistic, whatever. I, that's a that's not a word. Um, but, like, it just it feels like you're about to, like, throw some runes on the ground and chant, and you're, like, having a, a soundtrack for, like, a ceremony in the woods. And recently, it just feels like... It feels like they're doing that by literally incorporating those kind of sounds, like the field recordings and, like, the, the kind of, you know the electronics or like those kind of effects 
going in, but the black metal itself, like the chord progressions and like the way they're incorporating reverb, it just isn't, it isn't hitting that, that same note for whatever reason. But I, I mean, I'm glad, again, glad to see a band move more in a, the direction I'd like to see them move in personally. And so I can't, can't really discredit that. So. Yeah, which which it is feel like you know for a band that has released some of my favorite newer black metal projects, it's that's not like it's not great, you know. It's not, it's not it's not you don't want you don't want to see them just kind of treading water. You want to see them doing something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm 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 glad that they seem to be more I don't know, like I, I don't want to read into it too much, but I'm kind of glad to see them pulling back the whole like mysterious like the, I feel like the whole, you know, reclusive black metal band thing is a little overdone at this point. And so, like them just trying to be like a band you know, not like, you know, super secretive and whatnot. It's just, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I'm too jaded. But at this point, when bands have like this, this, they create a backstory for themselves. and They're being super, it's like, oh, okay, all right, that's not, even honestly, like, I hate to, like, even a band like Imperial Triumphant, like part of it, sometimes I wish that they were just like a, like a band. Uh, like, I, like, I'm thinking of, like, I, I love that Dysrhythmia makes like really dense, technical, like mathy metal but they're just, they look like just three, three of the most average metal dudes. Like they don't, like I just, I think of them when, you know, someone like a band that just doesn't need to do anything weird or quirky, you know, they just kind of like, Hey, we're good at making music and we do that. So, but, um, speaking of, of music that is not remotely heavy whatsoever, uh, we, <laughs> we are talking about the new Jason Sharp album. Uh, the turning center of a still world. Uh, Jason Sharp is someone I had not thought about for a little while. Uh, I really enjoyed his last project, which is called Stand Above the Streams. I just want to double check before I had to correct myself. Uh, came out in 2018 and very much in the, you know, if, if we can create a new term, uh, Stetson core, you know, kind of that post-minimal toying with the saxophone. Uh, I did feel, and the reason I picked it, because I know how you feel about Stetson. Uh, yeah, but the reason I picked this, because you know, I, I know we've talked about you know Stetson in the past. I felt like he brought something a little bit different to the table, to that kind of sound. Uh, I mean, I, I really enjoyed Stand Above the Streams, and I, I don't know, I just, I just, I, it, it caught my eye. It was one of the more uh, it was one of, the, one of the releases that most caught my eye when we were talking about what we were going to discuss this week. So I figured I'd give it a shot. Um, and I want to start by hearing your thoughts, honestly. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So a little bit of my defense, I feel like this this is much, well, maybe not much different. I feel like Stand Above the Streams was more in line with Stetson's work. Um, oh, interesting. I didn't know he collaborated with anyone on Stand Above the Streams. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. 
Oh, okay. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just clicked through, and yeah, there's, there's a violin, you know, someone else doing amplification on the last album, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, this was a, a pleasant surprise, because I, I could hear shades of what I liked about uh, his last album, but I really appreciated him leaning into those elements that you mentioned. I mean, this was, this is a much more beautiful, I think, a, you know, more complex, textured, release and I, I like it more knowing that this is a hundred percent his doing um i mean i always assumed the case but i, I guess now that thinking back yeah i i remember there was a little bit of um what was it never was the way she, she were the constats and sarah newfield um i think that I didn't, but that actually makes sense now that they were, yeah. But yeah, I think that was my obvious parallel between um, Jason Sharp's last album. You know, and, and this, yeah, so like, I guess that makes sense that there would be a collaboration because obviously there was violin on there. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say this is one note. I just mean that it's kind of like, it's an experience. It's, it feels more like a a more organic really textured beautiful ambient album and just i every time i let this waft over me i really really enjoyed it um i i don't know if i i don't know if i have a ton to say about it more than that but it just I, I i love this thing and i'm looking forward to listening to it more like especially when i really need to focus when i really need to and, and again love the, the or not again but love the cover of this too like i feel like this is one of those releases where you just you stare at the cover and listen to the music and just it syncs up so perfectly. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, again, don't take my lack of specificity to mean that you know I dislike it by any means. Just. Uh, If you're ready, uh, we'll move on to an album I'm very excited to talk about. It is uh, the Debonair by Horsey. Uh, I just was I just was browsing Ritu Music and I saw a band called Horsey and I was like, well, that sounds just 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 fun. And it had art rock, jazz rock, like it had a bunch of fun tags on it, and I was like, well, that, you know, let's give it a shot. 
And I mean, I'm not going to beat it on the. I I I love this thing. I mean, to me, this felt like the current strain of like UK based art and experimental rock. You know, like Black Midi, that those kind of bands. You know, it felt like that if they got together to make like a really tongue in cheek, self aware pop album. Like it just it, it was it, it. This is like such a fun amalgamation of sounds from that scene uh the interesting interesting note is that uh, i don't know what his role in the band is but one of the band members is king cruel's brother and yeah and uh king cruel appears on the final track which uh i, I don't really have an a, a opinion on king cruel honestly like i've listened to his music i think it's fine so it wasn't it wasn't like a net. It wasn't like a draw to this album. It wasn't anything. Yeah, no, I really, I really liked it, you know, because I know, like, as I was looking into it, the big, like, what everyone, you know, kind of the, the, the thing of note for this is like, oh, it's a King Cruel connection. Like, I think Pitchfork called it part of the King Cruel cinematic universe, something like that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I really love that it has all the the kind of modern uh, modern elements that you look for in this strain of like newer rock, like experimental rock. But it's 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 just it's super. I I just love how catchy a lot of this is. Like I was really I was really enjoying the album, and then Lagoon came on, and they that just like to totally won me over. Like that, I don't even know what Lagoon is. It's just such a Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. And like the music is 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 it's like piano rock, maybe a little bit of jazz rock. It's like just like a summery anthem and then there's like the weird it, it made me think of like like a Flash Gordon type like 80s B movie in the middle, like that weird like it just it's and like even tracks like Clown where it's just like it's it's like such a like what but that's the thing is that all these weird disparate ideas come together so well because they, they know how to write a great hook. They're generally good, you know, just good songwriters. And I just, yeah, I'm so glad I, I, I took a chance on this because I, I, I just, I, this has become one of my favorite releases of the year. Yeah, that buns me out too. And I Yeah. And and I totally I totally agree with you because like to me, I think ten seventy right after Lagoon is a great example. Like it's just it's it's a piano ballad, but his vocal delivery and just like that it brings it to a whole like it's it's <laughs> oh, that's a great description. I love those kind of descriptions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed to see the the lack of, um, you know, the lack of acclaim for this. I'm not really sure why.
Yeah, it's 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 very. I mean, I enjoyed it on on first blush, but it was yeah, really like I, I liked it, and then Lagoon kind of made it because I didn't really know. I didn't really know what to make of it, I think. It was the main issue I had, is that as I'm listening to it, you know, it just felt like... It it, it just re- really was... Uh, like, it, it was it was all... It was all over the place in... Like, in a good way, but, like, when you're not... When you're not used to that, it just... It felt a little... Um, you know, it, it felt a little bit, I don't know, like, because it actually clicked for me pretty quickly, so I'm trying to think back, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. I was disappointed just because uh, this uh, Friday is um Bandcamp Friday, and I was I was gonna put this on my list, and I don't know why it's not. I don't know. I mean, I. I yeah. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, there have been some bands who have like specifically done stuff for Bandcamp Friday. I don't know if they would be one of them, but. Uh, yeah, I would love to own this physically because just the amount of times where like I'm just in between releases and I have my headphones on and I'll just put on Lagoon because like I just don't I don't know what else to listen to like it just that, that's always the, a, a great sign of an album is when like I just I because I'm not much of a song by song guy with like with you know like non pop music but I guess Lagoon is kind of a pop song so it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, Cloud, Cloud is fun as hell. Um. Yeah. Sp- speaking of bands that have gone in more of a poppy direction, I don't know. It kind of works. Uh, yeah, new Leprous album, which uh, Aphelion, Aphelion. Yeah, I don't know. You could piece it together yourself. Uh, but when we talked about bi- bilateral, you discovered in real time that they had a new album coming out, which is a which is a fun moment. On this this podcast, yeah, I remember. Like, I I, I paused for like a, like a half a half step because you said like I look forward to their new like when they release a new album. I'm like, you mean like next week? 
<laughs> and I was like, wait a second, like, do you not know that they literally have an album coming out, like, now? So, I was, I mean... Yeah, that's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I don't blame you. It's just funny that I was just like, oh, well, do what do... Am I the bearer of good news? Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, we have, again, we have talked about these guys uh, before, and by before I mean, you know, last week. Uh, or not last week, the week before. Um, so, they're prob probably don't need much of an introduction. Obviously, they're a really well-known, well-beloved Norwegian prog metal band. Uh, they kind of helped usher in. If, if you're if you're critical of it, you might call it. I've seen it called Vanilla Prague. If you are more loving of it, I think they they kind of opened up the opened up the world of prog metal a little bit to be a little bit catchier. Not take you know. I, I just feel like I don't mean this that like they're a goofy band. But what I love about Leprous is I don't think I don't think they take themselves that seriously. In, like, I don't think they take themselves seriously like a lot of like deep. Like, I don't know if you followed the newest Dream Theater release cycle. That's that's a band that just is is so far up their own asses. Like, I, it's just, it's kind of hilarious. Okay, well that's, you know, I'll, I'll believe... I'll believe the positives. Uh, I, I mean, I guess just been outwardly, like, I don't think that they... Yeah, and it's not like they're not trying to be uber-technical. Obviously, they have, some, they have some technical moments, you know, in their music. Uh, I don't think it's the most technical prog mallet. Yeah, I mean that, that that's I mean it, it kind of it really straddles the line between prog metal and prog rock and then even like you said like you know like an art rock is just kind of a different I think art metal actually is a really good way to put it is that it's not it's too it's too heavy to be like art or prog rock but it's not heavy enough to really be like fully Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is far and away like the least metal album that they've they've put out. I think. I mean, I think you know definitely like you said, Molina laid the groundwork in that sense. Pitfalls definitely moved, but like this, there were times where I mean, it barely felt like. A, and again, I'm not saying this to be like I listen to all manners of music. I don't care if something is or isn't metal, but like it, it's hard to deny that this is their their least metal project. Um, but again. Again, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I, 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 well, I guess, what do you, what do you think?
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So I, I, be like if I was try, trying to take like a, you know, thousand foot view, I think I would have disagreed with you, ninety percent of the way through the album. 
And then Nighttime Disguise came on, and I'm vibing with it, vibing with it. And at the end, it got heavy for the first noticeable, noticeable time through the album. Yeah. And I like, you know, I was, again, first listen, I was at work and I like, I started hip hop. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And then like the album ended and I went to put it on and I kind of paused and I was like, huh. And then every subsequent listen, again, I, I enjoyed it. I liked a lot of the moments, but this is kind of how, I think this is going to make, be, you know, it's what makes these kind of shifts impossible is that there's so many people who are like, Oh, they're not metal anymore. Like I don't like that. And so they, you know, anytime you criticize it for not being heavy, they think you're just like kind of like a you know, a, you know, a troglodyte, like you know, metalhead who's like, oh, not heavy, no like. Um, and it reminds me of the new Deaf Heaven, where it's not that they're not, you know, they don't, they took out the black metal except for like maybe one and a half songs. It's that it's not dynamic anymore. Like what was great about you know, Death Heaven's music is that they had the kind of like the, like, honestly, they're not the best at black metal and they're not the best at kind of dream pop or, or post rock, but the way that they synthesized them was, was amazing. And it really worked well. Leprous never had that problem. I think that they're, they're good at both, but I think Aphelion is the first album in that, you know, I really noticed the, the lack of heaviness because for, you know, really it was weird after that track, it just, it totally changed. And this is why you listen to whole albums because it's a whole package. And after exper experiencing the last track, it kind of made every subsequent listen, like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know if it That, that, it just, it, it definitely sound, it does not, like, thematically, it does not, like, it, it really works as, like, a big, heavy finale, but in terms of, like, thematically, it is definitely, it is definitely an outlier. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, excuse my uh, cold brew coffee reminder. That was you know, usually we're not recording this late, but it, anyway, uh, I yeah, oh yeah. In, in terms of me functioning the next day, it is a very important reminder. Um, but yeah, and I think they don't have to be heavy to create that dynamic to kind of add some variety. Add some, it just so happens that that's something they've proved they could do well in the past, and it just is. It's a very convenient. Because obviously, like with the genres that I mean, I just I feel like it's a good parallel. Sorry, to keep bringing up Death Heaven, but like there have been plenty of post rock, shoegaze, and dream pop bands that have made dynamic records that are interesting all the way through, but don't necessarily deviate from their core sound. It's not like it doesn't have to be heavy. It's just that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of even a track like From the Flame. It's not like a like a breakdown metal song, but like it has like kind of a heavier foundation and it complements the, you know, you'll find me here. Um, it's a... <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, it's especially because to your point, they've uh, they've they've done this before, you know. So like, it's not not that they can't try new things. And honestly, like, I feel like if anything, we're like we're more disappointed than it. You know, it's just that we know that they could have they could have maybe tackled this new direction. Yeah, I'm just glad that it's not a like it's not an Opeth situation where like I I think that with, with tweaks I mean this still sounds like Leprous I think they're just tweaking their tweaking their sounds in different ways and they could you know very reasonably get back to 
something that I'm, is more in line with what I would hope for from a new project. Yes. Honestly, I can totally see them potentially like trolling the fans and like on the next Opeth album, just like having the last song, the last bit, just be like super heavy and people will be like, what? <laughs> like, wait, wait a second. I, yeah, I just, I, anyway, we, we don't need to get off on that tangent, but yeah. But yeah, I just, I feel like th this is kind of, you know, the opposite of that. Where like, I'm glad that it sounds like they're just trying, they're trying different things. You know, they're, they're in, you know, appreciating, you know, appreciating this, this direction a little bit more and it, they're good at it. It just, it'd be nice. Even if like, even if they're not going to do it on a track by track level, it would be great if they had. Like, like you know, maybe like one or two more songs like, um, you know, like the last track. Yeah, yeah, Nice Finest Guys. That was, you know, had a little bit more bite to it. And so you're like, oh, okay. Like there's, you know, kind of woven in there. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that they I checked and they have released an album on a two-year clip since their debut. Like, yeah, 09, 2011, 13, 15, 17, 19, 20, you know, just every every two years, here we here we are. Um, which is always always nice because uh, I again, this is like a this is a little bit of a tangent, but Converge was like that and i think they uh, uh, uh am i gonna prove myself wrong uh i thought that they were like that and they have kind of had a long gap no I, i'm right you know they you know 2001 2004 2006 2009 2012 and then five years until dusk and us that's you know 2017 and now like they're we're getting up there for 2021 so Yeah, they're, they're doing stuff. They want to, you know, like, I, I get it. Obviously, Kerpaloo is is always fucking busy. <laughs> He's a workhorse. Yeah, so I, I don't... And I think, uh, you know, Kohler and Nate Newton are doing, doing things as well. Like, they, you know... I get it, but just... I, I really... Like, they're a band for me that is not... Like, they just have always continue, you know, continued to impress me. So I just... I'm, I'm always... Yeah. Yeah, why don't you lead us off? Because I actually don't have an album, or I don't have an album specifically in mind. I'm trying to think of one. Um, okay. Mm-hmm.
Nice. I actually am not familiar with this, or I don't think I've listened to this album, but I, I always appreciate when people open up to new genres, new bands, so I'm really glad to hear that. Nice. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to burst the good vibes by picking a band I remember you not liking. So, sorry in, sorry in advance. Uh, but I had a haul at Music Connection, like I mentioned, and I've really been digging through it still. Um, and I just, I, I know I mentioned it last week, but like, I just, what a chaotic store. Every time I think about it, I'm like, wow, like what a, what a cluster. Uh, anyway... This is a band I've been wanting to give another try because I liked them, or, or I wanted to get into them originally. I bought uh, an album that I thought I'd like. I just happened to find it, and I just it didn't quite click for me. But I found their probably their two most acclaimed albums and gave them a shot, and it it really it really worked. And I apologize in advance, but it is uh, Brothers by the Black Keys. Um, wasn't it when you worked at Newbury? Wasn't didn't they? There was an album that had just come out from them that they. Oh, El Camino. Yeah, I was trying to remember which one it was. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say listening to them more now, they're they're less not that not that White Stripes is like so experimental or so weird, but they're definitely a less like they're a more straightforward version of what White Stripes was doing. But I think what Brothers had for me that uh, I'm pretty sure it was Magic Potion. Honestly, like it was available, it was cheap, and I liked the cover. Um, they are a guitar and drum duo. And it really sounded like it on Magic Potion. Like it just felt like it was missing bass. And I don't know if they, you know, they're taking like the touring musician approach where like they have a bassist live or if just whatever they did to their guitar, like the guitar production really filled the void. But this was just some catchy, crunchy, like, you know, bluesy, you know, garage rock. And I, I really, I don't know, I had a lot of fun with it. You know, there was, uh, you know, like I want in love, I need like this you know those kind of songs that you know people people are have heard a million times. If I wasn't doing it like offhand, I definitely would would have I would I would go on, but um, no, I I had a a goddamn great time. With this release, uh, and with I liked El Camino too, but I recognize more songs on Brothers, and I, I think the deep cuts on both albums are great, but I, just, I think just like the the hits hit me more on Brothers. Um, oh no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, like I th th they do what they do well, but I, I think that they are very obviously indebted to a very specific sound. Um, and I think he presented it in a really funny way, but the drummer, he had, I th it was like Vice, it was one of those kind of channels. Um, he had like a, like a, a blind reaction series where they just like had him listen to newer songs and he reacted. And he very much, he's one of those like, you know, oldies, like classic rock radio. Like he just very much, that's, that's the lens he, 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 you know, listens to music to. And like he, he positioned like his criticism in like a funny way. But sometimes I was like, dude, you know, it's not, it's not 1976 anymore. Like let's, you know, new music has come out. Like it does, the music does not have to be written that way. So, um, yeah. I really appreciate what they do, though, and I had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really glad that I gave... I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, the album that really people take off with, not always the best sign, because, you know, it's it's maybe a sign that they're going in a less interesting direction. But I think it was just a... Like, they just kind of embraced... Like, I think what sets them apart is they can write some really good hooks. Like, the the the, the underlying music 
is I mean I think good, but the underlying music is just like yeah okay this is a this is a you know '70s garage like bluesy rock except it's the 2020s like that's the kind of that's kind of the ballpark we're 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 moving in right now so you know and there's nothing wrong with that but it, it it's kind of like what's the angle and I I think with Magic Potion I was like there's not really an angle and it sounds like it needs a bass and now. I like or like with these newer releases. I'm like, okay, I totally get it. The angle is that they can write a damn good song. Like they're not trying to do anything weird. They're just uh, like I feel like even the the deeper cuts for White Stripes that, that they still like they had like an edge to them where it was like, oh, okay, like that's kind of what they're bringing to the table. Um, yeah, it's not probably probably not the best album cover of the world. Um, Yeah, I Yeah, I mean I yeah, it's uh it's definitely one of those cases. It's funny. Like I just I I think the Magic Potion album cover is so much so much better than like the Brothers album cover, but I think the, the ex No, it, it's it's like a weird looking, like almost like a bejeweled egg, and I just I just I think it looks looks cool. It certainly looks cool. Then like this is an album called Brothers by the Black Keys, um, which is is like okay. I mean I I got that from the fact that I picked this up and it's labeled, you know like I, I think the yeah it's. Uh, All right, see you later. Bye.